Good morning and welcome to Open Arms. Today we're starting a whole new series, a four-week series, leading ourselves up to Christmas. And it's, it's the story and really the battle of what's happening in our mind. And the title of the message is simply, Winning the War in Your Mind. Now, over the last 30 years, we have looked at this subject extensively. And what we want to do is look at it again in a fresh way. So today what we're doing is we're looking at and looking at some of the material that Craig Groeschel from Life Church has developed and written a book with. But what we always find is the battle is here. It's in the mind. It's not out there, not necessarily with the enemy, not necessarily with my past or what even is going on in the present, but it's going on within my mind. And our prayer and our hope today is that you can come along and be set free and what we want you to do is, is listen in and look in and attend church over the next four weeks so that we can learn how to win this battle in our mind. You know, the more we've studied Scripture, the more we've looked at what neuroscientists have to say, most of life's battles are certainly here in our mind. And the good news, there's always good news. The good news is that God's Word is so powerful that He has given us the ability and given us His Word, and given us His Spirit in order to set us free. So today we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 10, and over the next four weeks, we're going to delve, as it were, into the mind of Paul to see what's happening. And, you know, it's interesting looking at Paul. You know, we often hear, I see our kids with grandkids looking at the ultimate warrior. But when you think of the mind and the battle of the mind, Paul is the ultimate warrior. When you look at his life, he became a follower of Jesus. And what we're going to do over the next four weeks is see the progression. We see the battle where he started and see the progression of how he overcame all of those thoughts in his mind. Romans 7 says this, that the battle is in the mind. Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. You can probably relate to this, right? He says, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things I want to do, I, I can't seem to do them. And it almost sounds crazy as though he were out of his mind. I can, I don't, I do, I can't, right? So we're going to watch his progress and see how he overcame the battle within his mind. So this is what the Apostle Paul says. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4. says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And the Greek word translated is power, is that word dunamis. It comes from the, that word that we use for dynamite. It is, has explosive power. It has a great amount of energy, right? And what this dynamite is for, right, is to have divine power to demolish and to destroy strongholds. You know, we, we don't often use that word stronghold today, right? But it comes from a Greek word, and, and it means a military stronghold. It was like a fortress that was often built in the middle of a city. It was surrounded by walls, and the walls could be up to 20 foot thick. And that's where the military officials were kept. That's where all the army were kept. And that's where it kept safe from the attack of the enemy. And then we have the enemy. Our spiritual enemy wants to attack our mind, because that's where the battle is. He wants to create strongholds and deception. So you believe what's untrue. We begin to believe the lie. He takes away God's healing, God's calling, God's purposes within our lives. So what does the enemy do? He tries to shape your thinking. 
one lie at a time. Not, not, not a big lie. He, he doesn't try and corrupt all your theology or your biblical, but he just does it one lie at a time until we become prisoners of his deception. So what does he tell us? What are the kind of things he tells us? You can't trust people. You'll never succeed. You're always going to be broke. You're never going to have a good marriage. God doesn't hear your prayers. God doesn't care about you. You're never going to make a difference. And you're never going to amount to anything. So how do we overcome all of these thinking, this deception, this lie? Again, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So the title of the message is Winning the War in Your Mind. That's where the battle is. So we want to pray. Father, would you help us, Lord, to understand, first of all, that the battle is here in my mind. Would you help us, Lord, to unveil your word in such a manner that you would help us to take every thought captive, to take control, to take those thoughts back, and to, Lord, exchange the lie for your truth, for your word, in Jesus' name. So through the study of Scripture and science, right, it says this, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. It's always. So whatever my thinking is, what happens eventually, I will begin to live that out. And what we tend to think comes out of our life. And both science and Scripture says this and proves this. And Groeschel did a lot of search in cognitive behavioral therapy, uh, which shows that a lot of problems are actually related to wrong thought processes. If, if you get your thinking wrong, your behavior is going to follow. It, it really is that simple. And so we, you're going to have relational challenges, eating disorders, addictions. Some forms of anxiety are actually a direct result of toxic thinking. Not all, I'm not saying all of it is, but there is a connection between our behaviors and, and some things going on in our lives and how we think. This is what God's Word says. Proverbs 23 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So what do we know? That the life that we have often reflect upon and think upon determines our outcome. So what I think and what I put into my mind will determine the direction of my life. What does that mean? So if I think I can't do something, I'm not going to do it. And here's the great news. If I think I can do something, by the grace of God, right, by His provision and His gifting, I will do it. I will achieve it. I will give it a great attempt and a great stab. But if you're here today and you're saying, I can't do that, you definitely can't. You're already defeated. So we've got to grasp this thinking. So we've got to look at solutions. We've got to have faith and allow God to build and, and strengthen faith within our hearts. If you always feel like a victim, what's going to happen? You're going to become like a victim. But if you feel like an overcomer and think like an overcomer, you will become an overcomer. So in many cases, the life that we have is, is a reflection of our thought life, a reflection of our thinking, a reflection of our processes. And we're, 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 we're going to 
go through a moment, and what I'd like you to do is to think about what you think about, right? And that's not a play in words. But I, I want you to, to stop for a moment and, and really think about, okay, how do I think? Because oftentimes in life, we're so busy, we don't have time for this. And so now here we are, God is presenting you and me with an opportunity to stop, to pause, and to say, okay, what is my thinking? What is going on in this head of mine, right? And we're going to do, in a sense, we're going to audit your thoughts, right? We're going to do an audit on your thoughts. So the first scale I want to look at is contrasting your, your mindset, right? Are you characterized by worries, thoughts, panic, anxiety, fear? Or would you say that your, your thoughts are typically characterized by being full of peace? What, what side do you, do you lie on? And again, imagine if there was a scale. And on one side, the left side, you could say, well, you, do you tend to wake up and have your mind drift towards fear? I'm worried about my kids, my health, the economy. I'm worried about the state of the world. I'm worried about COVID. I'm wondering, will they shut the country down again? And, and it feels as if you're, you're, you're totally out of control. Do you find yourself more typified and characterized in your mind by worry? Things are bad. Things are not good. Or do you actually come along and say, no, God is in control. I believe God is good. I believe he's got a plan and a purpose. And I'm going to lean on him. So, so you, just that one thing, where do you lean towards? Do you lean towards negative or do you try and move towards the positive of God's promises? A second category would be like this. Do your thoughts drift towards, drift, just kind of drift very gently towards the negative? Or do the drift towards the positive? How, how do you allow, you just some, I don't know how I got there, but I kind of drifted there. Do you wake up and find yourself thinking negatively about people? Oh, that boss again, that co-worker, that teacher, <laughs> that fellow student, that guy in the football pitch with me. Is, is, is that your thinking? Do you, do you look and you're doing, you say, ah, another day, another dollar. I wish it was over already. Do you think that maybe there's not enough to go around? And you actually get out of the bed on the wrong side. You, you actually begin your day. Or you do wake up with, with positive faith. And again, think, yep, life is difficult. But God and me together, we're going to make a good day of it. We're going to overcome. I believe, again, his call. I believe his purposes. I believe that by the Spirit of God, I can have a good day. I can have an impact. I have been born for such a time as this. Again, where do you lean and where do you allow your thinking to drift? So the third category you ask yourself is, do you think from a worldly perspective or from an eternal perspective? Again, on a scale. Are, are your thoughts more worldly about what you have, what you wear, what you look like? What, what's, you know, Facebook? Who's posting? What are they saying? What's going on? How many followers do I have? What do people think about me? Or do they drift occasionally and purposefully to eternal things? That God has placed me on this earth for such a time as this. God has created me and dropped me in to the 21st century. God has given me responsibility. God has given me influence. God has given me the ability to influence lives for the kingdom of God. Wh where is your thinking on that? 
Have you in, invested in, in making a difference in people's lives? So let's say you're in an office and your job is boring. But how about the people? Are you investing in their lives? Are you praying for them? Are you encouraging them? Are you getting a positive word from God for them on their behalf? Are you pastoring those people on behalf of the kingdom of God? Because you, we can't have boring jobs. We can have boring stuff goes on. We can't have challenging times. But we are children of God. We belong to a new kingdom, and a different kingdom. So are you going to lean towards what's worldly and what I have right now? Or are you going to look from an eternal perspective and make a difference in our lives? How do you think? How do you drift? And what is your intention? Remember, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. What comes into your mind comes out in your life, comes out in your behavior, comes out in your speaking, comes out in what we do on a day-to-day basis. So no matter what you do, what you have, or who you know, or what you buy, or where you live, or where you travel, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Why? Because your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. So I hope you're getting that today. It's always moving, right, towards your strongest thought. So the questions I ask myself then, and, and you can ask yourself again today, if your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought, are you excited about that direction? Or like me, you think that perhaps we have to change some of our thinking. Do we need to again get back to holding every thought captive? Do we need to get back again and realize, hey, I, I, I've allowed that area to drift into my life. I have. I, I, I certainly have. So what I want to do is look at two foundational thoughts that we're going to build on, and we're going to build on over the next four weeks. The first thing is identify the biggest stronghold holding you back. What, what, what is the biggest thing in your mind that's holding you back right now? There's things that you think, and it just happens over and over and over again. My, my past is too bad. My history is too bad. God cannot use me. I can't trust people around me because they've let me down so many times before. You know, I'm always going to battle my weight. I'm, I'm always going to have that. I will never overcome that one. I'm never going to be good with money. I have never been, and it's never going to happen. I can never be close to God. I can never sense the intimacy. Or I'll never have a job that I really love and feel fulfilled in. Or my relationships are always going to break down. And some might say, how come I always date a psycho? <laughs> whatever you think you might be, whatever is going on. If, if you find yourself identifying with negative thoughts all the time, well, I want you to embrace the reality of negative thoughts are changing the chemical pathways in your brain. So we've got we to gotta get this and understand. The reason is because every thought creates what we call a neurochemical change in our body. When you think positive thoughts, you get a surge of rewarding neurotransmitters releasing a legal and exciting drug called dopamine. It's not illegal. God gave it to us. He created us with this thing. And when you get that positive thinking, when you, when you get that hit, dopamine comes. Right? It's legal, it's available, you get a hit and a buzz and you get a thrill within your life. Someone that you really respect puts a comment on Facebook or Instagram and you, you get what you get, you get dopamine, that's what happens. 
Someone says, I like your hair. Good job. You get dopamine. Elizabeth texts me and says, I'm thinking about you, honey. Get home. You get dopamine, right? All the benefits that come with it. And it's that positive surge of release within your brain. And what happens is, it's interesting that the more often you think a thought, science tells us it's easier to think that thought again. Once you think a thought, you're creating neural, neural, neural pathways in your brain, and literally we have millions and billions of pathways in this little brain of ours. So the more often you think a thought, the more the connection is there, the easier it is to think again, and before long, whatever you're thinking becomes your thought process. It becomes a stronghold. Isn't that interesting? If you believe a lie for long enough, it will impact your life as if it were the truth. If you believe a lie for long enough, it will impact you in such a manner it becomes your truth. You get stuck in a rut. And, and this is how it, it, it works. Imagine you go into your garden, your front garden, the back garden, every single day, and you walk the same path, up and down, up and down, up and down, day in, day out, one day, two days, a hundred days. What happens when you look at your grass, you're going to have a path in the grass. Isn't that right? That's what's going to happen. But imagine by the power of God and by intentionality and realizing that I'm cutting a pathway is what you intentionally do is cut another pathway, this time through the truth. And what happens is one day, two days, 10 days, 100 days, you're creating a new pathway. In the meantime, that pathway over here, the grass has grown. It has merged with the lawn. There's not an automatic process of you going back to the old way of thinking. When you do go back to the old way of thinking, it's more difficult to embrace it. So what happens is you create new pathways within your thinking, within your mind. This is how it works, and this is what can happen. So with God's help, we can have new pathways, new ways of thinking. And if you change the lie for God's truth, it will have a positive impact on your thinking, in your behavior, in your relationships, and everything else that God has in store. So it's science and it's godly. God, God created science. Romans 12, 2, Paul said it this way. He said, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed to the pathways of negative and bad lie thinking. Don't be do that. But he said what? Be transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your pathways. Staying off the destructive negative paths that have created those pathways. I have them in my life. You have them in your life. And today, God is saying, guys, pay attention. Take hold of every thought. Take it captive, and I will help you to create new ways of thinking, new behaviors, and a more positive, biblical, not positive, worldly, positive, biblical way of thinking. So we're staying off destructive, negative paths, and we're creating new pathways of truth. So I don't know how it'll play out in your life, but maybe just something simple. Maybe you're in, in a job and, you know, you come home and you're frustrated. Things didn't go well and your boss has been on to you. And you go home and your spouse is there and the children are annoyed and there's a mess in the house and your first thing is you start yelling at your spouse. 
That, that's what happens every day. That's the way it is. Your, your spouse is expecting you to come home, and they know you're going to yell at them. But imagine coming home and being intentional and say, how can I help you? I'm sure you've had a hard day. Hey, my day has not been good. You're the, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee together. <laughs> Let, let's sit down and, and with the kids and do something. Or let's go for a walk. Or let's do something. You see, you've got to create new ways and hold a thought captive to the Lord. Maybe you're feeling bad about yourself. And you come home and, and there's a path. Do you know where the path leads to? Here, fridge. <laughs> to that tub of ice cream. To that box of chocolates. And you eat, eat, eat until you're full. And you know what happens? Then you feel worse about yourself. But imagine again if you can hold this thought captive. If you can take it and say, right, I'm going to walk, but I'm going to walk out to the garden. <laughs> I'm going to walk out to the front or under there, and I'm going to walk. And as I'm walking and walking, I get a new surge of dopamine. <laughs> you get payback, and you create new pathways for yourself. What happens when you're bored? Take out your phone. Who's on Facebook? Who's thinking about me? Who's writing about me? And, and then you come along and say, but they didn't invite me. Look at the photographs they have. Their family are perfect. Their kids are always smiling. They're always dressed. They're never messed up. I hate them. But imagine for a moment, taking thought, open your phone, and opening up your Bible app, reading something in Proverbs. Read a psalm. Read the promise of God. And begin to change that negative thinking. Allow God to change your thoughts. Allow God to help you change your behavior. Allow God to bring that positive thinking and behavior into your life. And so I have an assignment for you. We call it homework, right? Identify the biggest stronghold that's holding you back. Just one. Not 107, not 101. Just one. One thing that's holding you back. You might battle with identity. You feel you're not good enough or lovable. You might worry and believe that, you know, this is how, what I've done for a, a, a thousand days. This is what I've done all my life. But what is the one thing you wake up with? What's the one thing you, you, your, your partner says to you all the time? You've got to change that way of thinking. You might feel helpless, worthless, useless. Life is pointless, right? Because you cannot defeat that negative thinking. So identify what your stronghold is. The second thing is, name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. So you got the lie and the stronghold, and you got God's truth. And what we want to do is have an exchange program. Not, not just once, but remember, once, ten times, a hundred times, keep repeating it over and over and over, and becomes a new pathway in your mind, in your thinking. Jesus said that you'll know the truth in John 8.38. He said that you'll know the truth. And what does the truth do? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free from living in a rut, from waking up every day or going to bed every night with the same old thinking going on and on and on. Years ago, when I was a boy, we had records. And the record would get stuck with the needle. And if you left it, it would create a line on the record that wouldn't move on. It was a rut. And he kept round and around and around. That's what happens with our thinking. The truth will set you free. The lie puts us into spiritual bondage, but the truth gives us liberty and freedom forever. So this is what the Apostle Paul says. That whatever that stronghold is, whatever is holding prison in your mind, what do you do? We demolish it. 2 Corinthians 10.5. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, right? We take our thoughts captive. You cannot let it run riot. Take control of your thinking. It is the Word of God that sets us free, guys. It is the Word of God. It's powerful and living, and it says sharper than a double-edged sword. And it cuts away the lies of the enemy. We let God's Word take captive the lies and bring in the truth and release us in that place of freedom. You know, when we think of the, the strongholds, the dominant lie that, that the spiritual enemy has tried to use to destroy your faith, kill your relationships, rob your intimacy with God, what is the stronghold? What's going on? You know, mine, my own one, one that been attacking me, right? One that I've been looking at God's word changing over the year. It, it used to be inadequacy. And, and it's funny, uh, you, because of a, a particular age, I can look back, especially over the last 30 years, and see the progression. But way back then, it was inadequacy, not good enough. I, I could never do enough. I could never be enough. I would always fall short. And the great challenge of that form of thinking was there was a lot of truth in it. <laughs> I wasn't good enough. I would always fall short. But this is God's promise and God's word in my heart. 1 Corinthians 1, 26 says this. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to do what? To shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. So I took hold of that, that it was okay I didn't have enough education. It was okay I couldn't speak properly. It was okay I didn't have all in it. That was okay because God was going to use me to show his glory. And again, if he could use Balaam's donkey or Balaam's ass, maybe he could use P.J. Booth. And, and so oftentimes is, is don't just keep fighting, fighting, fighting. Just exchange the lie and bring in the truth. And what's his he, new one for me right now? Because, you know, after COVID, I'm not worried about Sean and Jill and their family. I'm worried about the church. I'm worried about the promises of God. God has put so much into my heart for now and the future. And I'm thinking, God, will this come to pass? What's happening? What's happening in the church, not just here in open arms, but worldwide, across the nation, Europe, across the nations of the world? What's happening? What's going on? And God's power, again, comes back to me. Second Corinthians, or Second Peter 1, 3 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, for a godly life. So God's divine power has given me everything I need. Everything to fulfill the call of God, the purpose of God. When I am weak, He is strong. He is more than I am. I've got the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwelling inside me. He's living His life out through my life. He will use me and my energy and everything I have and desires to glorify His name and to bring me along that journey. He will do it. When I feel, feel weak, He will come and strengthen me and lift me up. He will make provision for me. His plans and purposes are yes and amen. He will not fail the call that He's placed within my life, within your life. The promise that God has made to you, He will fulfill them. He is God 
and we're not. And we can take a breath and we can rely on His promises. You know, I can't get it all done. And there's time to think, I can't do anything, right? But that's the lie. But what's the truth? I can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives me strength. When I'm weak, He is strong. Maybe you feel like you're not attractive enough. But what does the Word of God say? That you're fearfully and wonderfully made by the grace of God. Maybe you feel like I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be depressed. And know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe the the lie tells you that you're always going to be alone, but the Word of God says that He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you. He will always be with you. And maybe you think, well, I'm a victim. I was a victim, and I'll always be a victim. But God's Word tells us I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the Word of my testimony. I am not who people say that I am, but I am a child of God. He is my strength, my passion, my anchor, my cornerstone, my foundation, He is the lover of my soul. He is my father. I am his child. Guys, we must move from that negative pathway, that negative thinking, into God's word and into God's promises. You will know the truth. And this truth is not a concept, a a, a psychology, a theology. It's a person whose name is Jesus. And if you're listening to my voice today, and you've never invited Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, if you've never asked Him to renew your thinking, if you've never asked Him to forgive you, to cleanse you, to take away your guilt and shame, I want to give you the opportunity to respond right here, right now. So if you want to just close your eyes and pray with me. Jesus, I need you in my life. I believe you died for me on the cross. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to remove my guilt and shame, to renew my mind, to release your plans and purposes in my life. I ask you to fill me with your truth and to set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. So guys, I want to encourage you. Keep tapping in over the next four weeks. Remember, we have church life. We've got kids' church. We've got our cafe, our coffee and teas up and running. Get back to church. And as I finish, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's smile be upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord's face turn towards you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great week.